Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Alyssa. And isn't that a great thought that we can just sit at the feet of our Savior and be overwhelmed in his presence? So thankful for that this morning. If you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 5. We're going to be back there this morning again as we continue our series titled Upside Down Kingdom, looking at the kingdom of God being lived out today uh, through our lives um, by God's grace. We've talked about the fact that Jesus came to earth in the flesh. He brought the kingdom of God with him and ushered in to this world all of the things that God has promised us. And we can be thankful today that all that God wants us to have is not something that we have to wait for until we get to heaven, but even this Holy Spirit can give us and supply all that we need, and so we thank him for that. And he ushers that into our lives, and then he also allows that to be lived out through us so his kingdom can be furthered into lives around us, every single relationship that we have. And so we praise the Lord for that. Last week we talked about the fact that for this kingdom to come into our life, uh, the key to that is being poor in spirit, to be humble enough before God to allow him to work in our life uh, in that way, that, that as we pursue humility and lean upon God to provide, that he comes into us and helps us to live this kingdom life out. We just have to stay humble and then include with that this next instruction that Jesus gives us today in Matthew 5, verse 6, where it says this. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. I wonder this morning, is this song that we just heard, that's really what it was describing, is, is that your heart's desire this morning? Are you hungering and thirsting for righteousness? Are you hungering and thirsting for more of Jesus, to be more like him every single day? Do you keep um, allowing him to draw you to himself, to speak to you, and, and, and to reach out to you? I'm glad that God, through his provenient grace, in almost all of our lives here today, a long time ago, began to reach out to us and draw us to himself. If you're glad for the day that God reached out to you, say amen. And that's a universal grace, isn't it? I mean, he reaches out to us long before we come to him and he begins to draw us to himself. And this grace that God extends to us, I want you to understand this morning, not only draws us to him, but it also awakens some pretty neat things within us. It awakens this hungering and this thirsting. It awakens this desire for us to, to enter into a growing relationship with God. And I'm so glad this morning that he awakens our hearts to the idea that he wants to live in relationship with, with us. Aren't you glad for that? He awakens us to that. And it's neat to think about that when Jesus says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness because he's the one that, that puts that desire in our hearts to begin with. It's produced by Christ through his Holy Spirit. And, and we realize that we cannot produce the resources in and of ourselves to satisfy this hungering and this thirsting. Think about it. In a physical sense, if you're hungry or you're thirsty, you have to, you have to go to an outside source in order to, to fill those needs. And the same is true spiritually when we're hungry and we're thirsty. We have have to understand that it takes an outside source to supply these needs. And yet, we try to pull up to all kinds of different tables to satisfy this hungering. 
and we try to pull up to all kinds of different wells to quench the thirst in our lives. And I, I want to talk about this morning a few of those first, few of these dry wells and empty tables that, that we try to pull up to this morning to satisfy ourselves. I want you to see this morning, first of all, that we try to satisfy our hunger and thirst through other people and other things. You know, we often set some very high expectations in our relationship with others. We use other people to try to fill a void in our heart that when we boil it all down, we, we know that void can only be filled by God through the power of his spirit, and yet we try to use other people to fill this void within us. For instance, we expect things, if you stop and think about it this morning, we expect, expect things from our spouse that only Jesus can satisfy. You know, if we take a step back today and really be honest with ourselves, the truth is we can easily set some unrealistic expectations for our spouse. And we can expect them to perform in certain ways to meet all our needs, right? Like we can expect our spouse to always be there no matter what. You expect that of your spouse? Right, okay, thank you, Pam. Pam's on it this morning. Right? Always be there no matter what, right? I mean, that, that sounds good, right? We want them to be there no matter what happens. We, 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 want, we want our spouse to continually find ways to make me happy and bring joy into my life. We want our spouse to help bring peace and, and support, encouragement in our heart, in our life, and in our soul. Uh, in fact, sometimes we'll see what another person's spouse has done for them, and then we begin to wonder what? Why is it? Okay, nobody's going to say it. Why isn't my spouse doing that for me, right? Oh, no, we wouldn't. We know people that are like that, right? But we wouldn't be that way. Simply meet all of the needs of my ever-changing life, and we set those expectations high upon our spouse. Can I just tell you this morning that God never intended our spouse to be the source for all things? One Amen. Hear me this morning, God never expected our spouse to be the source for everything that we need. If you know that's true today, say amen. amen. Why do people jump from relationship to relationship? Why is the divorce rate so high even among Christians? Why do people not wanna make a commitment to get married, right, for an extended period of time, if, if ever? One strong reason is because I believe people are looking for satisfaction in another person, satisfaction in a spouse that they will never be able to find in a spouse no matter how many times they try. You see, it's called trying to quench the deep thirst of our soul by drinking from the wrong well. Michelle and I recently celebrated 25 year anniversary this summer and we're thankful, that's my son clapping, he's happy about that. Um, 25 years, and, we're, and we do praise God for that. Um, I look back over the last 25 years, and Michelle and I have had a chance to reflect this year, but we think back to about 10 years ago, we were celebrating 15 years of marriage, and things looked a lot different. Some of you have heard me share that, um, that we had a really, really rough spot in our marriage about that time. In fact, um, uh, we weren't sure how everything was going to work out. Uh, we weren't sure we were going to make it through it, to be very honest. And um, in that time, in that moment, through a lot of prayer, both of us really trusting God to provide, God 
led us to um, a Christian counselor who not only was really, really understood marriage and able to counsel in that respect, but also understood the pressures of ministry and all of the pressures that rest on you there. And so he was able to take those two things and, and share with us and pour into our lives and over six months really make a big difference. I share that this, to share this, that one of the things that we discovered in that time is that we both had set unrealistic expectations for each other um, that we were neither one going to ever live up to. And until those moments where we began to talk about those things and share with those things, what we began to realize is that, is that even as a pastor, I, I didn't really realize some areas of my life where God had to be my source first. In fact, when you boil it all down, as I look back, the thing that I wasn't doing was going before God and saying, God, would you pour your love into me so that I can love Michelle the right way? Lord, would you help me to seek you first in this area of my life so that I have the right expectations of Michelle here? See, I, I had some high expectations focused toward the wrong relationship. And the reality of it is God help us to realize that. And, as, and as, we have, as we have learned it and as we've discovered it, and can I just say that in the last 10 years, there's been a few times where I've had to rediscover it again. Right? It's not just, boom, I've got it, but it's, oh yeah, Lord, help me to get back. Because it's, it's like this, in, in relationships as well, it's a very gradual shift a lot of times that gets us off track. Rediscover it again. As much as, as much as I love Michelle and as much as she loves me, uh, she can't be my everything. She can't meet my every need. And I can't meet her every need. Here's the truth. It sounds great in the movies. Right? It sounds great in the movies. It sounds great on TV. I can meet every need and I want them to meet my every need. It simply cannot be done. And it's not what God intended. He must be our source. You see, I'm glad for a great spouse, and I'm glad that God has blessed me with Michelle. And if you're here today and you're married, I hope you're praising God in the very same way. But the truth of the matter is this. I'm thankful for them. She's there to help me. All those good things, but hear me today. She cannot absolutely be my everything. That's too high of expectations for her. And it's not just true with our spouse. Some of us set very high expectations for close friends. Aren't you thankful for friends in your life who are close friends, who you can trust, who are there to lean on, who pray for you, who encourage you, who no matter what else is going on in your life or what circumstances might come your way, you know that this person will always be there for you. If you're thankful for people like that, say amen. Thankful for them. And if you have more than one of those type people in your life, you are extremely blessed, right? But this person that has come to mind this morning, I have to tell you, they cannot meet your every need. In fact, if this person is where you run, the first place you run to when your world is shaken, if it's the first place that you go, that rock that you stand on, if this person is where you go for solely for wisdom and direction and, and advice and encouragement, if this is this one person in place of God first, do you see where I'm going? And what can happen is we can lean really, really hard on another person and another relationship. And it's great to have a friend that we can count on and rely on and trust in and gives good advice and is a prayer partner. But they cannot and should not take the place 
of the well of Jesus Christ. In fact, I would go as far to say today that if you have a better relationship with them than you do with Jesus, something's wrong. Something's out of place. And I'm going to go one step further. Since I'm way out here on the limb today, I'm going to go one step further. We can set expectations as we grow older from our parents that God never intended us to try and satisfy this hungering and thirsting in our life. I love my mom. She is a great lady. In fact, if she's not listening right now on her way to church, she will listen later on um, today or tomorrow to this message. So I got to be careful about what I say, don't I? She's a great lady. Depend on her for a lot of things. She prays for us, encourages us, gives good advice, gives great wisdom. And I've had the Holy Spirit check me in my life as I've gotten older and just say, you know what? I've placed your mother in your life. She's a blessing to you. But just remember, you need to seek me first. You need to seek my will. You need to seek my wisdom. Oh, she's going to be there to encourage and support you, but don't get that role above my place. And while I'm here, can I just say, parents, we can set some unrealistic expectations on our kids to satisfy hungering and thirsting in our heart. Even, as, even at a young age, and as, as, as they grow older and we grow older, we can become very dependent on our grown children. If you have adult children here today or children that are getting out of school, you know like, like they can really pour into our lives and be such an encouragement and help but we can set some pretty unrealistic expectations on them, looking for them to feed things into our life that God really never intended to happen. And that's not just true with adult children, but can I just tell you, it can be true for smaller children as well. We can expect them to perform in certain ways and do certain things very selfishly to to try to feed us emotionally. God never intended that. Our complete dependency on, must not be on a spouse. It must not be on a friend or a parent or any other relationship that you can think of this, this morning. These are temporary wells and tables. Let me remind you today, I've had some, good, I've had some seasons in my life with some really awesome friends. I've had some great seasons, some people that I've depended on. But in my life, over time, those seasons, many of them have changed. And while that person was really close to me in a season when I needed them, it wasn't too long and something happened. A job changed and took them away in one situation. Health concerns come up and priorities change and work responsibilities change and therefore our friendship began to change. And what I've noticed is if, my, if, my, if they are my source and any of these things begin to happen, then all of a sudden that rock that I've built my foundation on, rock if you will, that I've built my foundation on will begin to crumble. My world begins to shake. Why? Because that relationship has begun to change. And all of a sudden, I can find myself here thinking, where am I going to turn? Where's the wisdom going to, where's the strength going to come from? You see, because I've been drinking from a well that God has provided for a season, but a well that he never intended to take his place. And so often, that's what can happen. Take a well that God has provided to us or a table that God has set for us for a season to help us and encourage us, and we put it in the place that God wants to be in our life. 
We begin hungering and thirsting for the wrong thing. And ever, <clears throat> and ever so subtly, ever so subtly, Satan can work through this situation because we've put it in the wrong priority in our life. The only relationship that we could walk in forever and ever separation is our relationship with Jesus Christ. Can I say that again? The only relationship that we will be able to walk in forever and forever and forever without separation is our relationship <clears throat> with Jesus Christ. If our well and our table is, if, is with him, we will never, ever, ever be alone. Aren't you glad for that this morning? We'll never be alone. I'm sorry, Travis, that you have to be my water boy this morning. <coughs> I've been struggling with a cold this week, and I was hoping I'd be able to get through it all. But just an example of we can get pretty thirsty, right? And we get, can get pretty dry, and we better be drinking from the right well. You see, when we're drinking from the right well, when heartache comes, when our world is turned upside down, when relationships that we depend upon are shattered, when crisis comes our way that we hoped and prayed would never come our way, if we're drinking and eating from his well and his table, we will be fed and we will be comforted and we will have a source that will see us through even the most difficult times of our life. Now hear, hear me this morning, hear me this morning. We need, don't get me wrong, okay? We need other relationships in our life. And we value our spouses and our friends and all of the support system that we have. It must be valued. But we cannot expect from these relationships the things that can only be found in a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's just, it's just a picture. You see, all these other relationships, the love and the peace and the encouragement, all of these other things are, are just a small picture of the deep well that God wants us to drink from in him. Right? It's just a little bit, a little taste, if you will, of the richness of God's grace and mercy and love that he has for us. But other people aren't the only way that we try to fill, these, um, fill these, this hungering and this thirsting for something in our life. Let me take just one more minute and say that another way that we try to fill our hunger and our thirst is with endless entertainment. Some of us can go through a whole day with no real downtime mentally because we're defaulting to drinking from an endless well of distraction. We're drinking from an endless well of distraction. Our, our cell phones, I left mine laying on the pew this morning because I didn't want to be distracted. Our cell phones, and probably almost every one of us just about now has shifted to a smartphone our cell phones become a, a gateway into our lives for almost everything that we could ever want to be entertained with. I don't know how yours is set up, but I can stream, I can stream Netflix on my phone. <clears throat> I, can, I can use an app to access the uh, DVR on my home TV. No matter where I am, I can watch shows that I've recorded. 
There's all kinds of social media apps. I can see what you're doing if you're on social media. I can see what you're doing. And, and if I would post things, you could see what I'm doing. But I don't need to because my wife tells you what I'm doing. <clears throat> we can constantly be connected to all that's going on in the world around us. And we can feed our minds over and over and over and over every moment of every hour of every day. Distractions, 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 distractions. And God's wanting us, you know, he's reaching out. Remember where we started, right? That God through his Holy Spirit reaches out to us, he begins to draw us to himself, and at the same time, he awakens this hungering and this thirsting that can only be, this void that can only be filled, right? This void that can only be filled by him. And yet here we are trying to fill it with all kinds of other things, and sometimes we get tired of thinking about all kinds of other things. So we use distraction to try to pour in and fill the void in our life. And we drink from the wrong well. And the truth of the matter is this, there's nothing wrong with any of the things I've mentioned today in moderation. But they can cre easily creep in just like other relationships can. And they can take the place of the source that we need in our life. You see, it's just a mask to try to cover a lot of times the fact that what we really need more than anything is to be in a relationship with Jesus Christ where we can receive his love and joy, his approval. <clears throat> Jesus never intended us to look to other people and things to fill this void in our life, but without realizing it, we can fall into this trap. We not only look to other people and other things, but we can also try to satisfy this hunger and thirst through ourselves, through ourselves, <coughs> excuse me, seeking education, seeking a better job, uh, job to job to job, you know, try, I just wanna do better, I wanna do more, I wanna, I wanna learn more, There's nothing wrong with the pursuit. But when the pursuit becomes the well that we're drinking from, when the pursuit becomes the table that we're pulling up to, when the pursuit becomes that which we're looking for to provide all that we need in our life, desiring more and more and more from that, try to meet the expectations of other people, right? Because we wanna hear, hey, boy, it looks like you're doing great. Looks like things are going well. Looks like, looks like you just, you know, one thing after another is going great for you. And so we drink from these, we long for these affirmation words from other people. And we'll pursue whatever it takes to hear the affirmation that we want to hear. Drinking from other wells to satisfy our thirst and pulling up to these other tables. But we find that we eat and we're not satisfied. And we drink and we drink and we drink and yet the thirst is never quenched that's why we see the pursuit for more and more and just a little bit more and if I could just get here and if things would just change and if I just had a little better job and if I could just get a little more education and then if I could just get a little better place to live and if I could just and we think we're gonna fill that void from within this pursuit is really no different today than it was thousands of years ago. Old Testament prophet Haggai, he writes a description of, an, of the nation of Israel. They chased after other gods, they looked toward other things to try to fill the voids as a nation that represented the voids in their own lives. And, all, and God told them, all you have to do is look to me. 
All you have to do is, is look to me and trust in me and let me pour into you. Let me feed, feed you and give you, be the well for you. And yet they continued to pursue other gods and follow after other nations, their example. And the prophet Haggai writes in chapter 1, verse 6, You have planted much, but harvest little. You eat, <clears throat> but are not satisfied. You drink, but you're thirsty. You put on clothes, but you cannot keep warm. <clears throat> Your wages disappear as though you were putting them in pockets filled with holes. <clears throat> in other words, he's saying you're trying this, and this, and this, and this, and this, and yet you're left just as empty as you were when you started. And God was telling him, all you have to do is pull up to my table. All you have to do is drink from my well. And yet they were seeking true satisfaction by trying to do everything else but go to him. Not much has changed in 3,000 years, I'm afraid. Even though this was a very dark time for Israel, very dark time for them. I want to remind you this morning that God never turned his back on them. And it isn't a great thought to think this morning that even if we have gotten distracted, that God hasn't turned his back on us either. Even if we're pursuing other wells and other tables to try to fill the void, God hasn't given up on us. In fact, I remind you this morning that the only true satisfaction comes through Jesus, it comes through him. Jesus came and brought this upside down kingdom of God to earth. He gave his life on the cross so we wouldn't have to live another day without all the provision of heaven that we needed. In fact, he came and gave his life so that we could live in this relationship with him and so that we, he could be our well that never runs dry, that he could be that table that's set for us every morning with brand new mercies and brand new grace and brand new help in our time of need. He wants to be our all in all, and only he can satisfy the deepest hungerings and thirstings of our hearts. He came and gave his life so that we could eat and drink every day and have our fill. You realize that, right? Every single day an abundant supply is available for you and for me, every single day, all that we need. The prophet Isaiah, he would, he would years before Christ came, he would get this picture, right? The Spirit would, would kind of open his heart to what was to come. And, and here's the day in which we live. This is the invitation that we have this morning. Isaiah 55, is anyone thirsty? Come and drink. Even if you have no money, come and take your choice of wine or milk. It's all free. Why do you spend your money on food that does not give you strength? See the picture? Why do you spend your money on food that does not give you strength? Why do you pay for food that does you no good? Listen to me and you will eat what is good. You will enjoy the finest of food. The prophet was able to look down through time and see that day when Jesus would come and offer once and for all all that we would need to be able to be all that he would want us to be. He would be our well. He would be the table, and all we have to do would just be humble ourselves and come before him. 
You see, the reality is this. In my relationship with Michelle, Michelle does, there are things, there are things that, that I need to do as a spouse to, to help her. And God has promised to help me to be the spouse that I need to be for her. But I have to keep him first. God wants us to be the parent to our children that, that we need to be. But if we don't have God first, we will always look into those relationships selfishly. He wants us to be friends to others, and he wants us to be there for others to count on, and he wants to place others in our life in the proper relationships. But we have to put him first. Hear me this morning. Until God is first and foremost in our life, every other relationship that we have, we will look into those relationships selfishly because we're looking to them to supply needs in our life that only God can fill. That's why my first and greatest need is to hunger and thirst for righteousness. To hunger and thirst for Jesus to work in my life. That's the place true satisfaction is found. You see, when Jesus is pouring through his Holy Spirit into my life, when he is satisfying the deep longings of my heart and my soul, then all of a sudden, every other relationship that I'm in is being poured into by Jesus himself and not by me. And instead of looking those, into those relationships selfishly as what can that person do to meet my needs, all of a sudden I'm seeing those relationships through the eyes of Jesus. And yes, along the way people will meet the need, other needs that we have, but guess who's orchestrating that? It's the Holy Spirit. And he's helping those needs to be met through others. The only place that prepares me to live out this upside-down kingdom life, the only place that prepares me for that is at the well of Jesus, at the table of Christ. And I have to tell you this morning, the hungry are at the table, and the thirsty, they're at the well, and his name is Jesus. We have to stay thirsty and hungry for him. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. I, I want to use a simple illustration this morning to maybe seal the message, if you would, today. I don't have to educate you as to what this is. Even from the back, you can tell it's a sponge. It's a sponge that's dry, and I, I think this sponge kind of represents our life a lot of times. Um, we're looking to be filled, right? We, we run out of steam. We run out of gas, so to speak. And we're looking a lot of different places. And I, I know you can't see maybe real well from the back today, but bear with me. I've got four bowls sitting up here today, and each one of these bowls represents um, the different things we've talked about this morning. For instance, this would be our spouse back here. And what we try to do a lot of times in our life is we try to take this sponge and we, we come to our spouse expecting them to supply all the needs that we have, right? And so, so we come to them and we have these high expectations and yet when we walk away, like there's, there's nothing right there, right? I mean, they try, they do what they can, but I'm talking about the deep longings of our soul. It just cannot be met there. Or we go to our, 
We go to endless entertainment, we talked about that, to try to mask it. And the same way, we can soak that in for hours at a time, hours and hours and hours, we soak all of that in, and yet when you boil it down to our deepest needs of our soul, it's still nothing, right? And we can do the same thing for other relationships that we're in. We try to soak that up, and it's, it's not going to supply. In the same way for ourselves and our goals and our dreams and all the changes that we try to make in our lives, and it's still not going to be anything there, anything left. But when we come to the well of Jesus, as we come to his well, I mean, it's not only enough, but it's more than enough, right? It's more than enough. And when, we, and when we allow ourselves to be saturated by him, then all of a sudden we go back into every other relationship that we have. Because all of a sudden, then guess what? I'm not depending on my spouse to fill me. I'm doing what I can to meet her needs. Directed by who? Somebody say it. Thank you. Right? Directed by Jesus. And I'm not going just to her, but I'm walking back into other relationships. And guess what's flowing out of me? Right? What's flowing out of me is the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, into, into the other relationships. And, and even into my goals and my dreams, all of a sudden, when Jesus is first, all of a sudden, I'm pouring energy into those things because they're not selfish goals and dreams anymore. It's not what I want. It's God, what do you want? And then he's directing it so that area of my life is beginning to be filled. And I can, can I say, you know, even with the entertainment piece, so you don't leave today saying, Pastor said, go throw your phone away, run over it with your car, whatever you have to do, it's evil. I did not say that. Even that piece, guess what? There are things from that even that we can use for God's glory. There are parts of that that can be used very positively, that can be very filling, if it's done, right, with Christ first in our life. And the great part about it is, is that while in this case with this poor illustration, the water level in this bowl has gone down as the, as the level in these bowls have gone up. Can I just tell you that with Jesus as our source, <laughs> we can tap into him and never affect all that he has for everything else and everybody. Aren't you glad for that? His supply is endless. But what we have to do is we have to seek after him. We have to hunger and thirst for him. And when we do, the well is always abundant. And I know I've painted this picture for you before, but the table is spread. Like every single day, the table of God is spread for you. I mean, everything that you could need and so much more, it's there, it's waiting, it's available, and all you have to do is be hungry. All you have to do is pull up to the table and begin to feast on all that he has for you. And when you begin to live that way first... Jesus would say later, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And what? All of these things will be added. Everything else that you need will be provided, but you have to put me first. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Here's a promise. They will be, say it with me, filled. The hungry are at the table. The thirsty are at the well. Would you stand for me, with me this morning and bow your heads? Father, we're grateful today for your presence. I'm grateful today, Lord, for the hungering and the thirsting that you place within our hearts. 
I pray that our heart's eyes would be open today to realize that all the pursuits that we make, all the other things that we try to use to fill the void in our life will never be filled with anything but you. And I pray, Lord, this morning that as your Holy Spirit is speaking right now, that we would pull up to the table today, that we would come to the well, seek you this morning to do what only you can do. We love you, Lord. We praise you. In Jesus' name we pray.